the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. She loves me. She loves me not. She loves me. She loves me not. That's where we are today in the world of China and the United States trade deal. It's a love me not. Dow drops 300 points. 300s. After Trump says China broke the deal, resuming this week's sell-off. Oh, it's tough to be the president and to do presidential things. Um, Tariffs are going into effect tomorrow. In theory, more tariffs are going into effect tomorrow. That's not the end-all, be-all, break-up-everything in the world. It's it's noteworthy. U.S. trade deficit widened to $50 billion in March. Samsung says it will decide the fate of its $2,000 folding phone soon. Just kill it. Kill it. Kill it. Kill it. We need like a, a gladiator. Put the phone in a... No, we just need to say we're not there yet. Fun idea. Bad execution. Uh, when you're sending out review units that are, are breaking within hours... It's no bueno. Facebook co-founder calls for the breakup of the company. Says Zuckerberg has unilateral control over speech. That is a damning statement. Whoa. Facebook co-founder calls for its breakup. Says Zuckerberg has unilateral control over speech. A guy named Chris Hughes wrote a New York Times op-ed that regulators must check Mark Zuckerberg's power sooner rather than later. Immediately, in his opinion. Break up Facebook before it even creates its messaging services and makes it more difficult to do so in the future. I gotta, you know, the, the funny thing is, is we give all the power to these companies. We give them our names, we give them our friends, we, we tell our friends to sign up. But Facebook has adopted a strategy of acquiring copying other companies where it feels it can't compete. It's a pretty good article. If you've never read a New York Times op-ed, they're not easy pieces necessarily in the sense that It'll take you three or four, maybe five minutes to read the whole thing. And I'm doing it at three in the morning, and my eyeballs are, like, popping out of my head. But uh, Facebook infamously copied Snapchat's Stories feature for Facebook and Instagram and basically did it. Facebook, at one point in time, blocked the up-and-coming video app Vine from using a tool that would allow users to find their Facebook friends on their service, eventually crippling the app for Twitter. So... I don't know. It's it's worthy of, of what does that what will that look like? Zuckerberg's just moving forward. Just bought two homes, not one home, but two homes in Lake Tahoe. Woo! Can't say he's gonna be a neighbor because he's living on the West Shore. But but I can say it certainly doesn't hurt real estate prices for those who bought in the last few years. So we got Zuckerberg out there today. We got El Trumpo out there. Trump talking about uh China. Trump, Zuckerberg. See, we got characters moving the market today. How do you feel about that? I don't even want to talk about that school shooting earlier in the week. Um, as a father, ooh, that's what I have to say to that. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Markets are, are broadly lower. And I see one analyst out there today saying, we can go 6% lower. 
which I find to be an interesting, stupid number. But I'm fine with that. Are you? Google's cracking down on ads, tracking you across the web, and advertisers preparing for the worst. So you see that Google-Facebook fight going on a little bit? That's out there. Uh, Nike's in the news, because Nike's one of those companies that obviously has international ramifications or international footprint. And the international market's struggling right now with what's going on with China and the United States. So Nike is now launching what's called Nike Fit in its app. And it stores the sum. And sneaker maker is trying to tackle the issue. It believes far too many shoppers are wearing the wrong size shoes. I know you're saying, really? I used to think I was a size 12. And then I got sized uh, a couple years ago. They're like, you're a 14. I'm like, really? Uh, Did I just become more flat-footed? Or did I just not know all those years, right? I know you're saying, that's fascinating, Rob. So the big headline is Trump told listeners at a Florida rally that China broke the deal. And he's perfectly content to make China pay with higher tariff prices. Saying, we won't back down until China stops cheating our workers and stealing our jobs. Very hard-line perspective. Given the market, reason to sell. So is it the fact that we are one day away from Uber? And what a year of IPOs. Woo, we started with Levi's. Do you remember Levi Strauss, the company that came up with the internet? No, no, no. They came up with jeans, right? <laughs> right. Denim. Um, they used to outfit gold miners. That's the idea. They started their IPO, uh, 2019 and they're higher. Instagram's higher beyond meat way higher. And, uh, it's fair to say beyond meat has a valuation that is salivating. If you want to short it. So a lot of IPOs have been working higher. Now Lyft, eh, not so much zoom. Yes. Now why is zoom so much more valuable as far as paying a premium? Than Cisco? I don't know. I get it. It's sexy. It's fun. It's tech. I get it. When I say I don't know, I'm just saying it It puts you in a pickle. You have to say, which one do I want to buy or which one do I sell so I can buy the other one? And then again, we get the hardline perspective, giving the market uh, very little optimism that a deal is going to get done this week. So I, I, I saw yesterday the odds were like about 60% that it won't get done this week. And I'm fine with that. Things are frosty behind closed doors. And uh, it's going to make for an awkward dinner in the next 24, 48 hours as the China delegation has to figure out, hey, what do we do with our time? Maybe we can go see the Lincoln Memorial. If no trade deal is getting done, maybe we can go sneak into a performance of Hamilton. Disney had a solid quarter, but it's background noise at this point in time, right? Stamps.com. I know you're saying, is Stamps.com even around? Why would someone invest in Stamps.com? I know. I know, all right? Small businesses, you don't have to send your employee to the post office and get stamps and stand in line. That stock's down 50% today, getting battered and shellacked. I don't want to talk talk too much about the trade deficit. It's just not my thing. The trade deficit was $50 billion in March, up from negative $49.3 billion in February. Exports, like, see, it just doesn't work, right? Initial jobless claims of the week came in, and that's a good number. So we got jobs. That's the positive of the day, I think. Let's see if there's any other positives of the day. Oh, well, <laughs> that's about it. So that's what we're focusing in on. Oh, Fortnite Season 9 has landed. Uh, check around work today. See if uh, fewer people are there. Uh, rumor has it that a lot of people are taking the day off from work yet again. 
I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos, the cat, the city of cats. You can sign up for the event next week at going to robblackshow.com and use the code radio25. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and your money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW and streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. And when I say all, I mean all. Disney had a nice quarter. Revenue beat forecasts. They got a nice boost from its recently concluded purchase of assets from 21st Century Fox. They saw growth from their direct-to-consumer operations, like its majority-controlled Hulu service. And, of course, their theme parks are seeing no letdown in demand. They also released their movie slate for the next few years that involves a large focus on a new Star Wars franchise, I think starting in 2022. And they have a lot riding on Avatar, which they've acquired from picking up Fox. So you're going to hear a lot about Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. They're make, they've made all four of the movies, and now they're editing them. Crazy, right? Intel has been down in 11 of the last 12 trading days, and I find that fascinating. Those are the kind of stocks that I like. So that's out there. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think we should be surprised that Disney had a good quarter, right? I don't think we should be surprised. Other big stock stories of note today, Tapestry. I know you're saying, who's Tapestry? They used to be Coach. Uh, Coach makes expensive handbags. And they've acquired enough companies that they're no longer Coach. Now they're just calling it Tapestry. It's kind of a Louis Vuitton, Moet, Hennessy, or a Ralph Lauren kind of brand name, right? So revenue was essentially in line with expectations. Stores were up about 1%. Eh, I'll pass. I used to own Coach many, many, many years ago. Because they did something fascinating in retail. They would change their inventory basically every two to three weeks. So you felt like you had to go to the store to see what the color was going to be for the season. You felt like you had to go to the store to get ahead of all your friends and buying expensive purses. I, I, I'm passive on it now. Norwegian Cruise Line, which I will say this once and I will say this again. My fear of getting caught on a boat with Kathy Lee Gifford is higher than anything else in the world. I will never be on a cruise line. The cruise line operator Norwegian reported adjusted quarterly profit of 83 cents per share. Above expectations, revenue also exceeded forecasts. Global demand was robust. I have no interest in cruises. None. <laughs> so I've given up on coach and purses. I've given up on cruise lines because I have a crazy, crazy fear about Kathy Lee Gifford getting stuck on a boat with her. Can you imagine getting... You're on the boat, and you don't see her, and you don't see her, and then the boat hits rock, and it sinks, and you're stuck on an island with Kathy Lee Gifford for life. Roku. Roku lost nine cents a share. Had a nice quarter, though. Maker streaming video devices saw revenue beat expectation. They gave an upbeat current quarter, 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 current quarter forecast. I like Roku as a product. I'm nervous as all heck about it as a company. Because on one hand, they very, very much so our hardware company. And that's what most people get and they see and they go, okay, got it. They make those little boxes, it wirelessly streams, it goes into your HDMI port. But they gave out some crazy statistics, like one out of three TVs sold now has Roku built into it. That's a good place to be. That's good real estate. Again, TV turnover isn't quite what we need it to be. So they're a winner, winner, chicken dinner today. 
And they will only go higher, in my opinion, as companies like Disney roll out new services and Netflix. Now, having Roku, sometimes you're like, okay, let's see what's on, let's see what's on HBO. And you punch in your HBO code. And, hey, let's see what's on you know, your, uh, your Google TV. Well, okay, there's nothing on Google TV today. So you eventually go, let's see what this free Roku channel is all about. And it's, it's supported with commercials. And I'm not against commercials. I'm a snob. I'm not that much of a snob. But Roku, the channel is their secret sauce. It's their secret weapon. It's the card hidden up their sleeve. Um, and there's a couple other companies that do, like, the. do you remember back in the day when you'd go to the video store on Friday after work? And you'd walk around, and you're like, hey, you want to see uh, that John Hughes movie? Uh, say anything? No, no, I don't want to see that. You want to see what, uh, you want to see uh, a horror movie? And you go to the horror aisle and like Friday the 13th, part 17. That's kind of what Roku's doing. They've got a channel where they get a lot of movies that you don't really, really have to see. And a lot of TV shows, not called Friends, but TV shows like ALF. And they put it on their channel. And it's free content. For those who have a Roku player, you suddenly have the, the, a universe of shows. Now, it may not be the highest quality universe. It may not be the... Some of it's not bad. Some of it's not bad. Like, I've never seen a John Wick movie. And, I like, John Wick 1 might be there. And now John Wick 3 is coming out. And, you know, good golly if I've, you know, been biking and crashed my head and got a little bit of a percussion going, I might go, uh, I want to watch that John Wick movie. It's not bad. So they got that going. They got advertisements for other streaming companies. Roku's in a good place. I kind of like it. They monetize video ad impressions again, more than doubled year over year. Um, I started with a Roku player for my quote-unquote getaway cabin. And I basically killed Comcast because of it. So I got a Roku for the getaway cabin and YouTube TV. And then I'm like, okay, my personal home, the home where I live, I was like, let's get rid of the second cable box and go down to one. And then you get rid of the last cable box as you start realizing, like, this all works together pretty well. So Roku's in a good place. Can they get acquired? I think so. They're the leading smart TV operating system. It's expanding its user base by selling low-cost streaming devices. It's licensing its operating system to TV manufacturers and monetizing it through a higher-margin advertising and content distribution platforms. Their metrics are impressive. Fourth quarter revenue grew 46%. Player revenue grew 77%. Their margins were nice and fat. It's like that old Hansel and Gretel, where the witch grabs kids, puts them in a uh, jail cell, and feeds them. So they get all nice and fat. I'd like to buy the stock. I just, I, I haven't yet. And you all should always consult a broker advisor for taking action on any stocks ever mentioned on the show. That's one that I would find interesting in a market correction. Because sometimes we throw the baby out with bathwater. Don't throw out the baby. Keep the bathwater. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. Big seminar coming up next week. In Los Gatos, you can learn more by going to Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black, or just go to robblackshow.com and find the event and sign up for it in Los Gatos next Thursday and use code Radio25 to get it for free. I'll talk about some stocks that I'm liking and, and interested in, whether it be Roku or Beyond Meat. Uh, we got a lot to talk about. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. little panic at the disco. High, high hopes. I've got high, high hopes for Wall Street, right? Let's bring in CFP Chad Burton. What are your hopes for Wall Street these days with the whole Trump and China deal falling through or doing whatever it's doing? Mr. Burton, how are you? 
Yeah, really. I mean, who, what is it doing? Everything you hear is hearsay or fluff or a random tweet or a speech. I mean, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors, but um, I mean, there's there's definitely an issue where the the market was pricing in a deal being done sooner than later. You could kind of see that because you had a large correction and then a rebound, and really the only thing that changed was the Fed's being softer on interest rates. And China is in this for the long term. You know, when they're when they're dealing with a president that could be a one-term president, they don't mind playing these games for the long run. That's why the idea of trade deals are easy to win. It's That's not really quite right. So this is going to go on for a while. Um, and this is why you just don't invest beyond your risk tolerance. You don't invest beyond your asset allocation goals, and you periodically rebalance. That was really some of the um, declines that we were seeing um, this last couple of days is, you know, people are just peeling a little bit off the table. They had a nice growth run since the beginning of the year, um, really good returns since the beginning of the year. So, peel that off um, if you're retired and replenish the cash that you've spent. I'm hearing you. You going to buy Uber tomorrow? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask, see if I could slip it in and see if you messed it up. Missed it. I'm always more interested <sighs> in buying IPOs once the lockup periods end and you you have that initial kind of pull back and wait till a couple of uh, quarterly reports come out to see how much money these companies are truly losing. I don't say this often, and I go. I know I'm going off script. I've got a big seminar coming up next week that we're promoting um, in Los Gatos, but I know a couple fat cats at Uber, and it, it's actually destroyed my interest. They're so they're not greedy. They're they're just. They, I hate to use the word. They're almost money grubbers. It just it it's obnoxious the way they talk. And maybe that's maybe everyone's like that, Chad. I'm just seeing it in, in these particular people, but it's concerning to me. Anyway, let's talk about major retirement mistakes. This is going to be a topic at our event coming up next Thursday in Los Gatos, 630 to 830. You can sign up by going to newfocusfinancial.com. If you Google major retirement mistakes, uh, the number one thing that comes back, not the number one thing, but it comes up as a topic is long-term care. What do we need to know about this? Yeah, and, and you know, yesterday, well, was on on the eighth of May, I did a um, show, you know, major retirement mistakes that covered this and a lot of other things for the podcast. Okay. Uh, but every time I was trying to check back and look for old articles on this and find something that wasn't too general, the top in the top three for any article ever written, it seems on major retirement mistakes, it's not planning for long term care. And first of all, there's there's different types of long term care, and long term care is if you need help with your activities of daily living when you're older. That's eating, dressing, bathing, continence, toileting, that kind of stuff. And and as soon as you need that type of help, you know, you're you're kind of off the grid in terms of normal health insurance. You need somebody to either come to your home every so often, you need to be possibly in assisted living or full time nursing care. Um, there's even adult daycare homes. Um, so there's a there's several different types of care and sometimes people graduate into that care, but a lot of people retire in America with either not quite enough or just enough. And if they have a spouse that goes in and they suddenly find that, wow, my my Medicare, my supplemental insurance, it doesn't cover it, you're talking about you know um, a cost that you weren't projecting in your plan of either somebody coming to help you with your spouse for a while, eventually moving into assisted living, and eventually maybe that person moves into a nursing home, and in the Bay Area, that's, that could be a hundred grand a year. That's not covered. So, and we have this, you know, we have more people retiring in the next 10 years than the entire history of America, with 10,000 baby boomers turning 65. So the system is going to get strained. 
And the system that I'm talking about that does finally help pay for it is Medicaid. In California, it's called Medi-Cal. And to get on that for for any help with long-term care, you're talking about spending down assets to poverty level. So you really need to start looking at this in, in your financial plan as part of your preparation um, at the age of 50 to 55, really start coming up with your plan on how you're going to deal with it. Are you going to self-insure? Are you going to sell your home? Are you going to buy insurance? Um, what's going to happen? you got to talk to your family about it, too, so they know your plan of care. I have a mother who is in a facility, and it's about seventy five, eighty thousand, 80000 And it, it spikes a little bit based on her medications and how many times she sees a doctor. Chad, I'll tell you, it's one of the most discouraging things to talk about because when I, we took her there, when we left, it, it honestly felt like we were leaving our mom in prison, and it looked like it. Like you have to have, you have to check in, you have to check out um, her room. She's better off there than in a big home where she could fall downstairs, but it's not perfect, right? Um, just throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. No, I, I mean, you know, my grandmother was in a memory care facility. She graduated from like, you know, she moved into the apartment section where people were on call and eventually had to go into the memory care facility because she had dementia really bad. And she was there for I think three or four years. And I remember the first time I went to visit, you know, you have to punch a code to get into the kind of the commons area where all these rooms open up into the common area. And when I left, there was a guy that was trying to follow us out. And I kind of had to like shut the door in his face. And he didn't know, you know, what was going on. I saw the nurses coming over to help him and stuff like that. But it's a locked facility, so people don't wander around. And it is just, it was tough. It was, it's, it's, I, that's one of my big fears. Is that's how I end up. That's why I want to live as much life as I can before I'm like seventy-five. What are the other options, though? Because you know, do you want me to take you to a, uh, like Yosemite and leave you there and just go? Good luck. Time to die. You know, a bear's going to eat you. What are what are our options if we can't afford this this expensive care? Well, um, again, you got to look at the insurance cost of it. Now, some companies still have the ability to buy group long-term care policies, and those are great because that's the one type of an insurance policy that is typically portable. In other words, when you leave your employer, you can take it with you, and it's typically cheaper than what you can get on your own. Um, so that, that doesn't happen often, but that that's one thing that you can ask HR when you know if you're in your 50s and you get the open enrollment and long-term care is an option. You need to hard, think long and hard about it because um, most people can't afford to insure. The typically the only people Rob that can afford to insure their own health, long-term care costs. If you get to retirement and you're not even living off of all of your dividends and interest from your stocks and income from your real estate, if you're not even taking all of that to live. Um, so if you're, you're living off of maybe 3% or less of your overall portfolio or net worth, you could probably self-insure. But most people are in the you know 4 to 6% range of withdrawals. And those people would be the ones that will run into problems. So you look at long-term care insurance, or now you can take your old life insurance policies that have cash value, that you don't really need the death benefit anymore, and you can roll them over tax-free into these newer policies where you can use the death benefit early to pay for the long-term care insurance, which is great because somebody's going to get it anyway. You might as well get it earlier while you're alive. So the life insurance industry has changed because the long-term care industry failed to price the products correctly. Interesting. Um, it, but I'm also going to use another I word, intimidating. Um, let's talk about how we set up the last couple of years. Dementia obviously is a big risk. 
you have to have a plan before you get to Mitch, right? Is that is that fair to say? Or you have to have a son or a daughter who, tr- who you trust? Yeah, um, and it's it's really, you know, doing your retirement plan is a perfect time to get your entire estate plan redone because if you're doing a retirement plan and if you're going through the six tests that I talk about in that uh, in the blog that we have at newfocusfinancial.com, six very clear tests to make sure that you're ready to retire. One of them is those projections on what-if scenarios. Um, and typically you're <clears throat> running a projection of a, you know, like a three- to five-year state, but the dementia is the one where, you know, you have like my grandmother that was receiving some sort of care where her body was healthy for, you know, 12 years, but her mind wasn't. So that's the big risk right there. Now, there are laws, Rob, where if that kind of thing happens, there's spousal impoverishment laws where we can protect assets for the well spouse, um, but you're dealing with Medi-Cal. And so, again, you, you've got to look at some of the insurance options when you're younger, but I was just reading an article, and it's kind of a funny name. The, the guy that wrote it, his name is Christopher Robbins. He wrote one for um, Financial Advisor Magazine. And the title of it was, if you think something is wrong, if, you, if dementia is suspected, visit a financial advisor first. So a fee-only fiduciary-based financial advisor first, because a lot of people, you, you've got to get your documents in place before you get too bad. Your, your power of attorney, your health care directive, and your trust. And that will spell out the way that you want to be cared for and who is going to care for you. Because a lot of times if people go to the doctor first when they suspect something's wrong, they get tied up in the plan of care. And they get kind of, uh, you know, really more focused on, on the doctor end of it versus, well, i got to pay for it before it gets too bad. So I would say do both. Visit the doctor okay. and then also right away visit the financial advisor. Good stuff. Big event coming up in Los Gatos. People can learn more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up is there. Use the code radio25 if you've never been to an event. We've got about a little bit more than a minute. What else do we need to know is it, uh, on this topic, Chad? Well, it's uh, again, the, the time that you want to start thinking about it is around age 50. Uh, because oh. once you get you know, in mid to late 60s, the long-term care insurance costs, is, it's very expensive. So you do a financial plan first, and you say, do I have enough to retirement? A very detailed cash flow-oriented plan. And then you, then write out your options. I'm going to self-insure, or no, I'm going to buy the insurance, or I'm going to roll over my life insurance policy, or I'm going to sell my house, or do a reverse mortgage. And then let your kids know what that plan of action is, plan A, B, and C. Thanks very much. It's CFP Chad Burton. You can get a podcast of the show that he did yesterday all about this topic and much, much more. You can learn about that at newfocusfinancial.com. You can sign up for the event. Uh, Dementia and aging is expensive. Uh, Long-term care, very, very needy. But does it fit your plan? Find out more by going to newfocusfinancial.com. Sign up for the event. Use the code RADIO25. Don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I got a nice email from a listener yesterday who went out of his way to thank CFP Chad Burton for being on the show, saying that in the years he's been listening, he and his wife have start to squirrel away enough money and they've watched it grow that they're like, wow, we do have a financial future. And they never even thought about that. I think it's great. Hearing feedback like that is unbelievable. And it it keeps people like me doing what I'm doing. I have to work with, I, I think in some pretty intolerant conditions at times. I know you're saying, what's that mean? Don't you love your job? I do. But the one thing I'm never going to do is hurt you. And for instance, I just got pitched, uh, Hey, can you put on your show a company that does 
vitamins? I'm like, no, I don't do a vitamin show. I don't, I don't even like interviewing people. I like talking to people. And that's a tough thing to pull off. So Chad does a great job, and uh, you should check out that podcast because it, it's, it's high infotainment. Maybe the infotainment's a little on the weak side, but the education in it is, is hardcore good. So throwing that out there. Lots of information at newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Now, I'll say things on occasion that make no sense to you, and I get it. When I'm talking about Fortnite, you're like, why do you keep talking about that? Do you own shares in the company or something? That's not quite the, the idea, but um, it's where our eyeballs are. It, it's where our spending is. So when Chad says more people are going to retire in the next 10 years than have ever retired ever in the history of America, th- there's some action there that could be that be gamed, that can be you know played. I'm looking at it. Two stocks today that just keep coming up on my screen. Intel's down 6%. That's a big down movement. I think it... I'll look at it. But you should look at it before I look at it. Because it's down in 11 out of 12 days. And that's what I call an inefficiency. That guy who's won on Jeopardy 20 straight days or 30 straight days or 40 straight... You think that he's eventually going to lose. And for instance, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example on how efficiencies work in my head. The San Jose Sharks won Game 7 of their playoff series yesterday. Most exciting. Game 7s are awesome. I think it's the best thing in sports, Game 7s. It's all or nothing. Put up or shut up. Win or go home. And because they've won two Game 7s in a row against Vegas, now against Colorado, odds makers in Vegas are saying their luck's going to run out. Out of the four teams remaining, they have the lowest odds of winning the Stanley Cup. Now, if I ever won the Stanley Cup, I'm drinking brandy out of it. Filling it up to the, the, the brim with brandy, and I'm going to drink Lord Stanley's brandy. But their luck's about to run out, so thinks Vegas. Too many close calls with teams that were subpar to the, them. And uh, that's how Vegas is betting. You know, eventually your luck's going to run out, so we, we call you the underdogs at this point in time. Now, again, that'll change real quickly if they win their first two home games in the next series and maybe take one of the two from St. Louis. People say, ah, oh, they're going to win the Stanley Cup, and they're going to close out this series early, but it gets tougher and tougher as you, you slog along, right? So that's one stock I'm looking at is Intel. It's had 11 out of 12 negative days. That's fascinating to me. It's kind of exciting. Then I look at stamps.com and they're down 55% today and that seems pretty inefficient. And I'll bet you a penny that stock uh, is up from where it's at right now sometime in the next 24 hours of trading. So maybe by Monday's close it'll be higher than it is, not down 55.2%. Maybe it'll Maybe it'll go from 37, 36 to 40. Maybe it'll be a dead cat bounce for a couple minutes. I don't want to play it. A dead cat is a dead cat to me. I look at stamps.com and I go, no, 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 no. Uh, as Debbie Gibson once would say, only in my dreams. It was real as it could seem, but it was only in my dreams. Stamps.com to me is a dream stock. Uh, it's trading stock. It's not an investment. And I don't buy stocks. I don't trade stocks unless I'm willing to marry them. My mom once told me, never be intimate with a person unless you're willing to marry them. It was kind of a good gauge on what relationships not to get into. With my mom's way of saying, show a little humility and think about what you're doing. I'm never going to marry stamps.com. I never want it in my portfolio. When I'm 65 years old and I'm on my deathbed and I say... Stamps.com. You will know that was the trading stock that got away from me. But that's okay. I don't need it. I see other things like Disney. I'm like, that's not going to get me into a lot of long-term trouble. Disney has all 32 teeth. 
Stamps.com. Eh, I'm not going to. This is just, this is a bad analogy, uh, but it looks like they once did crack. And you're saying, what did he just say? It's a bad analogy. I know that. But once you're once you once an addict, always an addict. I don't want anything to do with Stamps.com. It's just not my kind of stock. You know, remember what my mom said? Learn to learn to figure out what you're not. Roku up 21 percent today. Ah, Roku, you're on my my wish list, Roku. I want to find a way to get into you, play the next two or three years trends of people cutting the cord, and then get out. Maybe in the process you'll be acquired by someone like Google or Apple for the sheer number of eyeballs and installed base that you have. I don't think you're going to be a long-term, but I think you're going to be a good relationship, and I kind of want to know you. But I'm not going to marry you because I, I, long-term, eh, hardware is a, d- a difficult business. Like, I remember back in the day, just to show you how hardware is a difficult business. When I was 18 years old, Sony was the TV you wanted to have. A Sony Walkman was the, the, the music player that you had to have. And if you didn't have it, you were kind of you know, ghetto. People would say, ah, oh, you got a, a ripoff, a Vizio or something like that. Don't never be caught with a Vizio, right? Things change. Sony TVs are no longer the rage. Sony Walkman was crushed by Apple and the iPod. Things change. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial. You can find me online at Rob Black Show. Big seminar coming up in Los Gatos. You can learn more at Rob Black Show and use code RADIO25 to sign up today. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.